So trail is a mixture of nuts and uh, fruits and uh, dry nuts and all dry fruits and all that. And sometimes M&M goes in as well. And we think seems to think that trail mixes are good for health. But one thing I realized is that all trail mixes are not good for all of us. For example, I'm not allowed, my doctor doesn't allow me to eat uh, raisins and uh, my wife doesn't allow me to eat M&M. And sometimes when I eat the peanuts, uh, I have some sort of a choking and something like that. But people are after that. You see, trail mixes, we think it is safe. It is not safe for all, depending on what goes in. In the spiritual life, Christian life as well, you know, we try mixes, trail mixes. And we think all trail mixes are fine. But all trail mixes, spiritual mixes, are not fine. Any mix in Christian spiritual life is dangerous. Only the pure one is true. I'm going to tell you a story today. Story of a small church which is described in this passage. Revelation chapter 2 verses 18 to 19. This church in a rather obscure city of the Roman Empire in the first century. The gospel has reached this city, an old city, a small city in southern Turkey, which is present Turkey, which was mainly a military outpost of the Roman military outpost. And it was not very significant in any way, but it was famous for its purple dye export. The purple dye, which was required by the textile industry worldwide, was exported from this little place. And another important thing was the bronze that they made in that city. And then we are just telling this because, saying this because that will explain why Jesus reveals himself as someone with the fiery eyes and feet with bronze because that's a language that they understand. Gospel has reached this city sometime before the close of the first century. By 90 AD, there was a significant Christian congregation or a church or many churches, house churches in this city. This city of industry of producing purple dye and exporting bronze from that city. The city had a lot of pagan cults. Pagan cults are worshipping pagan deities, the idolatry. And this is being an industrial city a manufacturing center, it also had a lot of trade unions or we call trade guilds. Trade guilds are clubs of people. That's the main people are selling bronze or producing bonds or the rare or finished products. All of them had their own small, small guilds or trade unions or unions. And you have to trade through the unions like the Merchants Association in Pune and really, or the Chamber of Industries and um, Chamber of Commerce and all that. All these have, but all of them are tied to a religion. A religion. If they have a patron god, an idol, a patron god, a deity, who is the patron god of that particular society. So you can only trade through. 
or you can only do your business through such uni unions. And so what happens is that unless you, every meeting, every trade or every transaction happens with the worship of this God. It's like these old jinkanas that we have in our, our in India, jinkanas. You know what I mean by? Where you go for not these uh, modern gyms, workout places. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. Old style jinkanas, you know, where the, the file mans and sort of things, you know. But in most of this, pardon? Pardon? Akada. Akada. Mud and all that, you know, they you find I me, mean, that's the sort of things that every pastor should have for taking up a church like this. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, but their thing is that in all the jinkanas or akadas, am I right? There will be a portrait of Hanuman, the goddess of might and power. So you worship that god and then only you go for lifting weights and building your muscles and all that. But the new modern uh, gyms that we go to, they don't have that. But, so that is the concept now. But when you become a Christian, when you start following Jesus Christ, you cannot bow before this particular idol of your particular trade association. You say no. So then what happens is that you are out of the association. When you say, I will not worship this particular God, this association has accepted or approved by its charter as the patron deity, you are no more the member of that. So when you come to Christ, you have to pay a big cost, huge price, because you are out of the trade guild. So this is a socio-economic problem that the Christianity or Christian faith, faith in Jesus Christ produces for its followers. And in spite of the persecution, that is, the, 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 the other people also persecute. So their business is at risk. The pagan cults, so they had to struggle, struggle. But in spite of all these struggles, this church survived or strived, I would say. In spite of all this opposition to their job, their finances, their business, and especially also the Roman authorities persecuted them or gave them trouble for not worshipping the emperor who they thought is the god. Emperor. They refused to say that emperor Caesar is lord. They said Jesus is only lord. So that created another problem. There are problems from business, there are political problems, there are problems of religious authorities, and in all that, they really strive. So, the good Lord says here, Now, I know your works, your love, and your faith, and service, and your patient endurance. I know, Jesus says, the risen Lord says, I know your works. Works of what? Your love that leads you into service. <coughs> Serving God and God's people. Now we have spoken about it in detail many times, so I'm not going to do that. The love of God that leads us to service. 
and to serve God's people, to serve God, to love God. And your faith, that demands patient endurance. There are four qualities there. The four are two pairs. Love, faith, service, and endurance. Love which leads to service. Faith that leads to patient endurance. The mark of the Christian church is love that leads to service. One day I was talking to had a dialogue with a man of another faith, a young man, full of enthusiasm, zeal for his religion. And I asked him one question, very politely, very politely, to make him think. I said, when did your religion open a hospital for the poor? You have no answer. When did your religion, your faith, open a school for the poor? Education only for, for the rich. We had a good system of Ayurveda, but that was only available for the rich. There was no poor hospital. We had it. We had service to the poor, to the needy, to the lost and the least. Only when the missionaries from the West came and started hospitals for the poor. We just imitated them. Praise God we imitated. We had the humility to imitate. This is the our natural outcome of Christian love. When you love God and experience God's love, then automatically we serve the poor, the needy, and God's people. That is what happened in Thyatira. Thyatira, the church in Thyatira, their love led them to service. Though their faith, the conviction that they had that Jesus is Lord, there is no other name given under the heavens for our salvation. When they came exclusively, stood for that faith, they had to go through Lord of suffering. But they, where they faced it, they braced that sufferings with patient endurance. Now, this amazing church, isn't it? Now, that's what the church ought to be. The church has to be. That's a church we want to grow into as well. A church which have love and faith, love that leads to service, and love and the faith that stands or has patient endurance. But one more unique thing about this church is that they are excelling. That is, they are improving every day. Many of us go back, 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 back. The church in Ephesus, the first church we saw, Ephesus, they were actually getting colder and colder in their love. While they were getting colder and colder in their love, others were getting weaker and weaker in their faith. This church is doing, every day it is better and better. The same verse again, 2.18, it says, And that I know your works, your love, and faith and service and patient endurance and that your latter works exceed the first. You are better now than yesterday and you are trying to be better than today 
you are trying to be better tomorrow than you are today. Excellence is the Christian is a Christian virtue. Trying to improve every day. I had a great teacher when I was in the seminary, the first degree in seminary which I did, and he used to tell us that your testimony should be contemporary. No, that is the way he put it. Your testimony should be contemporary. Some people have a testimony which is age old. You see, when you say, can you share your testimony? So they will go back to their first day and their conversion, how they came to the Lord. That's it. And when did that happen? Oh, that happened 40 years ago. But what about yesterday? Do you have some experience of God, Jesus, doesn't Lord, yesterday or today? No, I don't have. All that I have is my testimony means my testimony of my conversion or my healing or some deliverance that I had some time back. But are you delivered yesterday? No. Are you experiencing it today? Uh, no, no, no. So, countated testimonies. And trying to improve, excel. You know, the whole idea of the mentoring group that I would like, I'm praying for, the inner core, is a group of people who will try to listen to God and grow day by day from one degree to other degree. Who are set on a a trajectory of growth, not regression, a, a trajectory of growing. That is, you are doing better now than you were doing yesterday. That is the whole idea of the church. The whole idea of the church that I, God has given me is to develop mature people and they may be scattered all over the world and there will be the little leaven that leavens the whole lump. That's the vision. You know, that is why A.B. had made a, 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 gra a graphics on that. That is equipping the saints for the work of ministry. That's what you are doing. Now, so let me move on from the part of that story. That story is that here is in this industrial city, business city of Taipira, where bronze and purple dyes are made and exported all over the world, a small congregation trying to be faithful to God in loving others, loving each other, and standing for their faith, bracing all the economic business problems that they have, and trying to excel in their spiritual life every day. They improve their personal records. I heard one day an athlete, an Indian athlete from Pune, I forgot her name, and she said, I roll out of bed every day. She said, what is your life's goal? What, how do you? She said, I roll out of every day and I hit the track in order to improve my previous personal record. Every day she rolled out of the bed and hit the practice track, the ground, so that she can improve her own personal record of the previous day. That is how an athlete trains herself. If you say that I, uh, I ran 100 uh, feet with 2 uh, minutes and then that is enough and every day she is trying to make 100 uh, feet by 2 minutes, that's all she does. She is not going to get anywhere. You have to break. Now that's the spiritual principle too, brothers and sisters. 
we have to break our own personal record in our spiritual life if you want to excel it's a path of progress now however with all these great things the second part of the story is the story where they failed the where they are found lacking with all these great thing they found lacking what was the problem now the problem was a mix trail mix 221 next verse just one keyword but i have this against you that you tolerate that woman jezebel you tolerate isn't it tolerance a good word <laughs> we teach tolerance isn't it tolerance is not always a good word tolerance is most of the time a bad bad word but all this against you that you tolerate that women jezebel so what was going on there let me read that whole verse probably that's better who calls herself a prophetess and a teaching and is teaching and seducing my servant to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols i gave her time to repent but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality to make the story short what has happened there is that there is a woman in this church in this little church a woman so we we have the saying that every behind every successful man there is a woman but i don't think that is always the case so i have an extension of that uh, saying i say behind every woman so every successful man there is a woman but in the case of bill clinton there are two you know <laughs> you know the story you know that's a joke you know all americans please forgive me for all saying that um so what i'm going to say is that it is this woman who crept into the church she's part of the church and she is a self styled prophetess and what is she teaching she is teaching that it's okay now you have the trade guilds when you go to the lions club meeting or rotarians meeting they have this idol and we all pray and we have a party we have this thing it's okay monday to friday it's allowed and even saturday but on sunday you go to church so it's we can accommodate it tolerance so that's easy so you don't have to cancel your membership from your trade guild you can still be part of the chamber of commerce okay or the the union of the industries or whatever it is you can be still part of it just just make a little adjustments here just little make it you you they will give you a prasad or they will give you part of that thing and just take it pretend to eat but put in your pocket and come home what's wrong with it isn't it that is better than saying outright no i don't believe in this you just receive it and respectfully don't hurt their feelings you know why not this is what this prophet the self-styled prophetess was teaching 
And so she was saying, see, let's not have this black and white categories. Let's think in terms of gray. You know, see, just white is little gray and dark is also little gray. So let's think in terms of the gray. Don't think of black and white categories as some of these preachers, St. Paul or our Peter or others are preaching. Don't think in terms of that. Think in shades of gray. Now we have a book also, Fifty Shades of Gray. I'm not recommending it. Please don't read it. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Gray. Don't read it. How many of you have read it? You see me after the service. <laughs> this happens. <clears throat> but there is also another book which I will put in the Fifty Shades of uh, something else. It's the opposite of it. Just opposite of it. Christian values. I will. I have a copy of it in my library. If I still have it, I'll put it back here. Or we'll get a copy of it. Now the point is, the church, self-styled spiritual authorities will emerge. Now, this is very dangerous. A prophet in early church was a position of very high spiritual authority. See, Ephesians chapter 4, 11 talks about the fivefold ministry in the church. And it gives that list in the list, the, in the order of importance. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers for equipping the saints for the work of ministry. So after the apostles, the prophets had the great Second most important position. And in Ephesians chapter 2.20, Paul again says, the church is built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. Christ himself being the cornerstone. Whether the prophecy there is talking about Old Testament prophets or New Testament prophecy, uh, that's a, de a debate, but let's leave it there. The prophets and apostles they have built the church, the foundation of the church. And what holds the two sides is Christ is the cornerstone. So prophets played a very, very important role. And Peter says in first, Second Peter 1.21, they spoke the will of God. Second Peter 1.21, they are the ones who spoke the mind of God. So that is a very important position. Suppose... The pastor is here and there is another lady or a man or a woman who also has a higher spiritual authority and you all or any church will believe that person and say that is fine, that person, whatever that person says is the word of God and if that person is corrupt then it's a dangerous, poisonous, toxic trade mix. That's the issue. That's the only issue. When you look at the church from outside, they are doing wonderful things. Now, when I go to some churches, I'm not talking about churches here. I travel a lot. So when I see, when I go to, when one day I was sitting in a church, and after the sermon they had videos, you know, instead of we poor people do uh, manually uh, announcements, but they have everything feature videos, you know, video, video, video. Because there's a media pastor too, who will focus on just making videos and other things. 
So they have service to that, service to this, service to this, service to that, food bank, cloth bank, all services and meetings during the week to the city, people in city. So one day I was sitting there and I was wondering, when are you doing some service to yourself? You know, a natural question that came to me was, when are you doing some service to yourself? <coughs> there is no regular Bible study, no? And um, there is no way of people growing. It's all this thing. So what I'm trying to say is that from when you look from outside, it looks very wonderful, wonderful place, wonderful worship, wonderful um, service, and you have the ministry to the Asad Nagar boys, and you have a core academy for coaching the poor, and you have a food bank, distribution of food, visiting the orphanages, everything is wonderful. But are you feeding a dangerous, toxic trail mix? That's the question we need. So, a prophet is a big position. You know, people followed a prophetess or a prophet in New Testament church, the early churches, without any question. Because they followed them. But there's another side to prophecy too. Prophets can be wrong. Prophets can be terribly wrong. Peter says in 2 Peter 1.21, the last verse, can we read that? No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God, that is what prophecy is, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And next verse, that is chapter 2, verse 1, but he says, though this is a true prophecy, that is, what is true prophecy? Men make add women as well. They spoke, they rose among people, sorry. They spoke the will of God as the Holy Spirit carried them. True prophecy. At the same time, there is a wrong prophecy. That is chapter 2 verse 1. But these, but false prophets also rose among people. For every true prophet, there may be probably 10 false prophets. Just as there may be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Underline that word. Destructive heresies. Even denying the master who bought them, not brought them, bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Now these are two possibilities. All people who claim authority are not sent by God. All people who have great spiritual skills are not people who lead God's people in the right way. They may be wrong as well. Now Deuteronomy chapter 13, 1 talks about the prophets. Now prophets are becoming a big issue now in our modern church now. He says, what is the test of a new, uh, is a true prophet? You read Deuteronomy chapter 13 verse 1 following. I'm not going to read it, but you read it as well. I mean, Deuteronomy chapter 13. A prophet prophesies something and it comes true. Just because it came true, don't follow him. Now this is what we do. Sometimes, you know, some people say, your sickness is healed. 
Now I saw a video recently. There are a lot of fake apostles and prophets and teachers in nowadays. A lady, this this video was made by some critique of this man who heals people, man who claims to heal in bringing people, and he is praying. Some a lady with a brain tumor came to him, was brought to him, and he laid his hands on it, and he was praying over this woman and saying the brain tumor. I see that brain tumor is being removed. That is going. Praise God! And then people in a frenzy clap and say shout hallelujahs. And this man is praying and said, "Now go. Your brain tumor is gone." On the fourth day, she died. So what's going on? This is the trail mixes that we eat, brothers and sisters, and we have to be careful. It can creep into the church in different way. It can creep into the church in various ways. So Deuteronomy 13 says. discern the teachings by where it is leading you you follow a person because his prayer or her prayer is answered and you are delivered your prayer is answered and you are got your answers and you simply don't follow that person whether that person is leading you to god the living god or away from the living god that is the test that deuteronomy 13:1 Talks about thirteen chapter talks about. See, any prophet can pro- prophesy. In this case, when this man prayed for a brain tumor, probably that could be healed. So, if it is healed, and most of the people who attended that meeting think because only the family knows that she died, and the immediate circle knows what really happened. What really happened? Now we have video evidence. No, what immediately happened is three or four days later she died. But who knows that? Ten thousand people who came for the miracle crusade will not know that this lady was not cured, healed. She died a miserable death. Only hundred people know that who attended her funeral. So then, that nine thousand nine hundred people will go back thinking that this man is a great man of God, fooling. they will follow whatever wrong teaching he is teaches this is the doctrine of jezebel that many churches are mixing in their food dangerous toxic mixes so this is why we should be on the lookout don't be fooled by authorities people who speak there are lot of self styled teachings going on so where is it leading how is what is the litmus test let me give you one or two litmuses if not now you will counter this in your life later first character fruit of the spirit is the person exercising this are also showing or manifesting a fruit of the spirit the nine fruit that galatians chapter 5 talks about starting with love and ending with self control what is self control self control the last one is about control on your sex drive many many miracle workers have fallen why because of this problem adultery greed tax evasion 
Many, many people have fallen. That's a test whether this is the doctrine of Jezebel or not. Fruit of the Spirit. Second is, how close they are to Christ Jesus and how close they bring you to Jesus, Christ Jesus. Now, after a prayer, after a ministry of deliverance, or whatever has happened, has your love for God increased or not? Are you closer to Jesus, the risen Lord, more than or has it diminished? You should ask another question. Is there a room for the grace of God or something else? I have gone through some of the prayers, written prayers and all that. There is no place for the grace of God. There is no place for the human de dependence on God. Our utter helplessness. Prayer should not come from our powerfulness. The prayer should admit our utter dependence on God. Without Him we can do nothing. There is a word of faith theology that is going around. It started about 40 years ago in the 1970s in New York. And that is still going around. It's dangerous. If a prayer is praying and making you think that you are sufficient, you are strong, it's wrong. It's against the teaching of the Bible. We are utterly dependent on the creator of this universe. Things happen in our life because of his mercy. These sort of things can creep into a church, creep into our minds. I can go on and go on and go on about it. When you go to a crusade or to a prophetess or a prophet like this and when you have received healing or received you, your uh, debt is problem with your uh, debt or whatever deliverance you received, does it make you closer to that man or to Jesus Christ? Dangerous trail mixes. Now, let me also say this. Some of us are innocent victims of this sort of teaching. We are not, we don't want to, but we innocently got to do this. <clears throat> you know that I, though I cannot claim to be, but I do have a little bit of the psychology background. There is a, something that started with Vincent, Sir, Mr. Vincent Peel called positive thinking. Positive thinking. It's a big thing those days. It is still a big thing now. That think positively. All your problems will go. Old timers must have read those books. Power of Positive Thinking by Vincent Peale. And that got into Christian churches as well. So it helps sometimes. You see? Your problem is, most of the problem is in our beliefs. We have wrong thinking about ourselves. You see, I am, a, I am a fool, I am a fool, I am a fool, I will never fail. No, I will never succeed, I will never succeed. If you keep thinking that wrong thinking, you will never succeed. So positive thinking is to say that, no, I am not. But if you are really a fool, and simply saying that I am wise is not going to help you. You understand what I am saying? Positive thinking has a limit. It cannot change the reality. If you are really an idiot, and if you are simply saying that I am not an idiot, you are not going to get wisdom. Positive thinking can correct a wrong belief. 
but positive thinking cannot change the reality it changes the reality in a you know which way you say you are right i am a successful i can do this business that is the reality you can but you believe that i cannot do it but if you believe the real thing it is not positive or negative it is the reality you believe i can do that business then your business will change improve the positive thing will help what i'm trying to say is a positive thing cannot change the reality right but this has crept into christian faith some years ago this doctrine crept into christian teaching the teaching of the jezebel and most of the television evangelists that you hear they are preaching a christian positive thinking a sort of a christian version of positive thinking so what happens all the strength is in you you are powerful you can order your world even aladdin's jinn you know what is that called jinn it says i have limited for my power but we say that we can change the things we cannot change things brothers and sisters because without him the creator of the universe who came in the form of a babe to our level with his grace only with his will only our destiny will ever change false self confidence any teaching that promotes self false self confidence is dangerous don't give into it but we are the children of god we are the royal priesthood we have authority believers authority exercise the believers authority remembering and being constantly reminded that without the one who gave us the authority our authority is nothing is absolutely useless but ignoring the one who gave us the authority extrying exercise our authority ignoring the one who gave us the authority is where things go wrong amen i want all of us to be on the watch out you know many of us could be uh, victims of innocent victims i'm saying we are we didn't want it but because now a lot of things i'm just mention a few things and go another thing please don't forward whatever you get forwarded from somebody see create your own wisdom I mean have your own wisdom see forward means that you are see forwards whatsapp forwards and facebook forwards are like chewing gum you chew it chew it chew it, chew it and then you take it out and give it to somebody else i don't want your chewed chewing gum keep it yourself now in the pastors group i am part of the pastors group somebody has given a hindi message by a westerner that's a voice over definitely and said please see this and i did not watch what i watched was the the what do you call it in uh, the, the film the frame there was a website and that website is from the jehovah's witnesses 
it's a good message but that message that invites you to visit jw.org and you are just innocently forwarding it i had an argument no i am avoiding argument i had a conversation i should say with a man good intention spiritually inclined good guy who thinks that the notisement is written in the hebrew language and says that christians have corrected he himself is a christian innocent victim that's not true it's innocent victim yesterday i had a forward not from this group but from some other group praying to hashem you know what is hashem hashem simply means the name of god in judaism and so rest of it is christian semiticism saying that the jews present the israel as a special status before god unless you confess your sins and accept jesus as the lord you will not be in eternity whoever you may be jew or even roman or whatever it is that is what the true gospel but this is also spreading and people have chew this they don't even chew i think the chewing gum and they pass it on to others and then it comes to core if any chewing gum come to core i like to ban that person from core we don't want whatsapp chewing gums anymore but pray receive wisdom yesterday i was telling people people crane write your journal and then from what comes out of your prayer life your study of the scripture and pass it on to us through the whatsapp then getting this chewing gum from the street and passing to us don't do that the 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 the, the, the one problem with you that is what the recent law tells the church at aidera there's only one problem with you and that problem is you are after this prophetess self styled prophetess who removes the boundaries who calls the dark gray or even white and seducing my my beloved people to go after that separation is thing but god says i have a punishment for her now i want to move through it very very quickly see god deals with us he says behold i will throw her onto a sick bed and those who commit adultery with her i will throw into great tribulation but verse 21 says i gave her time to repent i gave her time to repent then i threw her into a sick bed and then he says i will slay all her followers at least at this stage we should open our mind when god deals with these false teachers who mislead his people when we see that right in front of our eyes at least at that point we should open our eyes recently this great man called benny hinn has a very checkered life now i have seen i been in his crusade not in on tv real crusade and sat very close to that place where he was preaching from as well and uh, <clears throat> he was used he heard healed people and miracles and many people were saved and all that recently he produced a video saying i am sorry for what i did and i passed it to to core as well he confessed that he was wrong good good 
So I followed it one of our church members, former church members, I should say, because that person is an ardent follower of Benny Hain. I followed this, I, mean, I just forwarded this to her without any comments to making her to make her own judgment. That person to make her own, uh, that person's judgment. And that person wrote to me back a very caustic comment. I mean, not about him, about me. And uh, so I had to reconcile with that person later. That's another issue. What I'm trying to say is that when these stars fall and when they repent, when they repent of their own sins, at least at that point we should open our eyes. Now when they say I was wrong, <laughs> but I'm sorry for people, when even at that point they are still following them. So I can't understand the logic. See, we live in the age of artificial intelligence. This is no, no, people are lacking normal intelligence in the age of artificial intelligence. That's especially in the church. That's, I can't understand that. There are a lot of fallen angels. And they themselves come out and say, I'm sorry for what I did. But you still follow that person. You know, but God sends the message. God gives them chance to repent. God judges them. Some people who taught this sort of thing, word of faith, ended up in jail for tax evasion. Open your eyes. Those who say that you declare and it will happen and you say you are going to be rich and you will be rich, at the end of the program they ask for money. Why can't that miracle work for you? See, when you say that God wants you to make you rich, you simply say that you will be rich. And that word of faith, name it and claim it, uh, they preach for th 26 minutes. And at the end of that, there is a clip saying, support this ministry. Why should I support this ministry when you can claim that money for yourself? People have approached me to convert Indian rupee to dollars to send to this evangelist. I have done it also. But now I regret that I didn't take a commission out of that exchange. People here send money to these people in the US. But when that evident, deception is evident, get out of it. Here it says, now we stand before brothers and sisters, the one who has blazing eyes. The words of the Son of God, 2.18, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Let no one fool you because we are heading for a great reward. That is what the risen Lord tells the church. There is a great reward waiting for us. Now what is the great reward? 22.16, sorry, 2.26. It says, the one who conquers, simply means the one who withstands all these temptations and all these deceptions, overcomes these deceptions and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are shaken up, broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my father. Psalm 26, sorry, Psalm 2. You know, the Messiah will come. And God has given the Messiah the authority 
to break the rule over the nations. She says, if you will keep the true faith, unadulterated faith, if you keep the true faith and don't go after the counterfeit faith, to you and me waits a reward. And that reward is, what is that reward? Reigning with him over the nations. Now jokingly I say, but don't lighten the, the, the seriousness of what I say. One reason why I am not running for election on Monday, coming Monday, 21st, is that I am waiting for a greater power, greater privilege. In the end of the days, when the Lord comes, I will reign with him over the nations. That's the promise of God. For that we have to keep ourselves. Not only pure life, pure in our thinking. Knowing what is deceptive and what is building us. To be steady in our Christian faith, honoring the master who bought us instead of straying from the true gospel. That is the story of this church in Taitira. The church in Taitira demands boldness, openness, discern, discern, uh, discerning what to see what is right and what is wrong. Let me warn again before I conclude. Any doctrine, any teaching, any prayer, any exhortation, any prophecy or anything that happens or you are used to or exposed to which diminishes your love for God, which exalts your own confidence instead of your confidence and faith in God, which distances you from the one who shed his blood for you. Avoid it. It's a dangerous trail mix. May God bless you all. Amen.